Hi friend, Katie here with the Hustle Humbly community updates for March. Our live this month will be on March 26th and will be our quarter one book club covering the 12 week year. We're really excited to go over this book with everyone. If you read it, you can join the conversation. And even if you don't read it, we hope you'll join us for the Hustle Humbly Cliff Notes and our good overview and takeaway of what we loved about the book, the 12 week year. Other reminders for the community group are to make sure you're on the referral list as well as the military referral list if you serve a military community. Our final reminder is that we have a podcast search feature. It is a really cool feature of the community where you can go in and find a previous episode or episodes that cover a certain topic you're looking for. So if you can't remember where you heard us talk about a certain wording for a letter or how we handled a situation, you can use that podcast search feature to find out exactly what you need. If you're a member of community, you'll have all of this in your monthly newsletter, as well as you can find it on your dashboard. And if you're not a member of community, please feel free to join us. You can learn more at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash membership. Mm -hmm. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm prepared. I think. I feel rusty. It's been a while. (laughs) I feel a little rusty. (laughs) I also feel with each passing download, more and more pressure to perform. Yes, I would agree with that. Oh God, people are going to listen. Hi y'all, welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. This is episode 27. Okay. Hello. We're not sure what it's going to be called, but it will be, it's about getting started in real estate, how to interview brokers, what to do. Not really what to do when you're new, because no. that's a, more about after you've been licensed. Yeah, this is how to get started. Yes, this is how to get started. But I think it will be useful, and we'll have to figure out how to explain that. We are going to talk about how to interview a broker, mm-hmm. and this is something you need all along the way. Right. Okay. Okay. How to get started. Get us started. I'm going to start with a story. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. So when I was getting my real estate license, okay, um, my dad, who is a real estate appraiser, was like, Alyssa, when you go into these real estate offices, it's not like a normal job interview. Right. You're not hoping that they pick you. Right. Like they're going to pick you. They right. may even pressure you. Yes. To sign that day. Right. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't, <laughs> you know, I'm coming from corporate America where that's not how things work. Right. So I was thankful that he told me that. Yeah. So he was like, don't sign anything. <laughs> you know, you're a hot commodity. Right. Like every broker wants new agents. They so, need the warm bodies. Yes. So he was like, D- no matter what, how much they pressure you. Don't sign. Okay. And so I'm walking into my first, I, I had three. Okay. I interviewed three people, three companies. I walked into the first one and I'm like ready to be hard. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to sign anything and I'm going to interview them. And, right. you know, this is how this works. So after about 10 minutes, the broker goes, I'm just going to be honest with you. We're not really a great company for new agents. This is funny. Are you going to share with us? <laughs> Was it? Who it was? I don't know. Is that allowed? I mean, you can say anything you want to. I would hate for it to be false information, you know? Okay, well, was it a national franchise? Yes. Just tell us. Was it a Remax? It was Remax. That's fine. But I so appreciated the honesty because she was like, look, you know, a lot of our agents are experienced. Right. They have their systems in place. We don't have a lot of extensive training and things like that. We're kind of more for people who 
have been doing this. Right. They don't need a lot of assistance, you know. And I was kind of like, okay, you know. <laughs> she but- didn't even want to hire you. You were like, so I left the interview and I called my dad. I was like, they didn't even want me. <laughs> you said everybody would want me. And I just failed my first interview. Oh, my! you failed. But, but I didn't really fail. It no. was just, I appreciated the honesty. Well, I mean, I'm going to circle back to this. We're going to okay. talk about why that is. Yes. But finish the story. It's just a different model. It's totally different. So then I went to number two, who I'm not going to name. Fine. And I almost drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well name the name if you're going to say that. signed on the dotted line because they were promising me big money and hopes and dreams right. and how fun it was going to be. They were trying to the sell you. The sky is the limit and you're in charge of your own destiny. Just lots of motive. I literally was like. You felt motivated? Oh, my gosh. I, I see this future before me and I was about to just cancel the last interview, <laughs> but that voice in the back of my head was like, that was your don't dad's voice. sign, interview everybody, don't sign. That was your dad's voice. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to sign with you today, but I'll we'll, keep you we'll, in touch. Yeah, I'll be in touch. <laughs> because my next interview was the next day. So I knew I needed to go to that one. So right. I, went, I went to where I am now. Okay. And um, I like that I can share this story without people trying to think that I'm recruiting because right. my company does not have any kind of pyramid um, or yeah. recruiting There's incentive. no benefit to you to no. recruit No, so someone. this is just strictly honest why it worked out yeah. for myself personally. I think that's fine. Um, so I sat down with my now broker and she was just jumped right in and was like, so like financially, how much do you have in savings to get started? What is your plan? What if it takes this long? You know, she kind of prepared me. If you sell a house in your first year, you need to celebrate, but you need to be prepared if not. Right. So that way your first year is so like education based, but she just made me think about it like a business. Right. That's great. And it's what I needed Yeah. because I would have been very disappointed if I would have just thought this was going to be fun. Yeah. Because Lord knows that first year was not very fun. Right. It was full of frustration, working, not necessarily getting paid. Yeah. You know, friends and family members not using you because you're so new. So much rejection. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of grit needed in that first year. And I would have thought it was just going to be fun and dreamy. Right. I would have been very angry at at whoever told me that. Well, whoever convinced you that it was going to be so wonderful. So my broker like made me put all my expenses on paper to figure out how much money do I need in savings before I can quit bartending to survive. Right. Because the goal was with her, like she was like, I don't really do part-time agents. Yeah. So she was like, I understand that, you know, you need money. So let's make a goal of how much money do you need to go full-time and live off of that and then just hustle your way to... Well, she was very practical in her advice. I just left there going... This is not a fun hobby. Right. This right. is like how I'm trying to make my career and one day support a family. Well, right. And I need a plan yeah. and I need more than motivation. Yes. I need realistic. I need I need to know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. So that's where I started. And I think that the reason I was successful in the beginning is because every time something bad happened, I was like, that's okay. They said this would happen. So you knew. You were prepared. Yes. And it just made it easier. Yeah. And sure enough, by year two, by year three, things start getting better. Right. It, it's like it went exactly how she said, and yeah. I was prepared for it. That's awesome. 
I think that's great. So I had a different experience. Okay. Um, I did also interview two brokers. And I think that's an important thing. We're going to kind of talk about maybe what you would exactly ask in an interview for a broker. But I do think you need to at least do two. Don't just be swayed by the first one you go to because they are trying to get you. Yeah. I mean, like they they need you. They mm-hmm. need your numbers. They need you to like produce. And think about it. If you sell a house, they get paid. And if yeah. you never sell a house, they lose nothing. Well, I don't really want to get on a soapbox about that. but So I don't understand the recruiting method at some companies because it doesn't feel like they care if you actually sell. <laughs> right. And look, right. Y'all, even if you're in a national franchise, if you're in a local company, every single office is different. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in an office that there's two or three branches, like every office is different. Every broker is going to serve you differently. Mm-hmm. You know, even though you may have, maybe you're all Remax and you all have access to the main stuff, every office is different. Right. The vibe is different. What, what they're going to, you know, tell you is different. How they're going to support you is different. So I don't think I want to say one is wrong and one no. is right. And that's what I kind of like about us is that you're with a franchise. Right. And I'm with um, like a one owner Gulf South company. Right. So it's not a small company. It's not a small company, but it's not a national franchise. Right. And, you know. It's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have two different perspectives on Very this. Very much so. But I, um, I interviewed too. And I... And ironically interviewed the one that you went to, but not your broker, the different office. Okay. So, you know, really you're going to figure out whoever interviews you, who you jive with more. Mm -hmm. And I was recruited. I'm not going to lie. Like I was like, oh, yay. I love positivity. I love the rah-rah. Oh, this sounds very motivational. I'm down for it. Well, three months in, we had, you know, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. We had a situation with Hurricane Katrina the market was very volatile. I hadn't even finished my post-licensing. I wasn't comfortable. Um, and it just sort of, the office I was in was no longer a fit for me. Right. So I left and went to a very small office, like five or six agents. I shadowed my broker. And um, and then from there, I ended up at Remax. And what you said earlier about going to that first interview and them saying, well, sorry, this isn't a fit. The thing with most REMAX offices, even though there's tons of REMAX training, like webinar, national <clears throat> things you can find online. Sure. And your office may be really into it and maybe your broker teaches a bunch of, because there's plenty of things you can learn in yeah. person through REMAX. But every office is different. Mm-hmm. And I think the draw and the original thought behind REMAX was that you're running your own business. Yes. Even though you are no matter where you are, sure. REMAX is like, girl, you go do you. Right. Like, we're not going to take a lot of your money, but we're also not going to come babysit you. Right. Like, you better be ready to go. And I needed babysitting right. <laughs> as well, a I mean, new agent. Because you, you don't know what you don't I know. I didn't know anything. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And I mean, you still probably, nobody does. But so I think it's interesting to go to different brokers and see the different mindsets. And, and I guess maybe... What you normally do in your coffee dates is what I really want to make sure we cover. Okay. Because I've been on one. And so I've seen a person who was like, I am going to get my license. And you get out the sheet of paper and yes. you say, well, let's let's talk it out. Yes. Numbers wise. Mm-hmm. Do you want to cover that? So I think it's so important. And this is why I do cover it in the coffee, di- coffee date. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the money. Yeah. We have to have money to survive. Yeah. Let's put aside the butterflies and rainbows. I love houses. I love people. Hey, you're worth, <laughs> you're working because you need money. <laughs> okay? It's great if you love what you do, but at the end of the day, yeah. We all need money yeah. to live and right. support ourselves and yeah. family. 
And when I'm meeting with these people on the coffee date, they have not given that much thought to most the money. of the time because getting your license is so easy. Yeah, right. It's not like you're preparing to go to law school for no. four years. Well, the barrier to entry is very low. Yes. And that's one of my pet peeves about the industry in general mm-hmm. it, because people oh, well, it doesn't take that much to get a license. I mean, what does it take? My class costs $600 and a $120 test. I did it over Christmas break in two weeks. Right. While I was in college. For less than $1,000, you can get a license. Oh, yeah. You can't sustain a license. But people aren't thinking past that. They're like, I want to be a realtor. Yeah. Okay, now I am. Right. Now what? Now what? And they're not thinking much further past that. No. Because – and. It, it really is my interview with my broker that let me know that's why she was different. And maybe that's a big reason why I did well because I was prepared and I had a plan to get right. through hard times. Yeah. So I try to tell them that. I share that story with them about, you know, I didn't really have a plan and it was, it took someone telling me. So now I want to tell you. Yeah. And I asked them, you know, I know sometimes I know them well, and sometimes this is my first time meeting them right. and we have to jump into talking about, do you have savings? Right. Are you married? Are you getting support from a spouse or a parent financially? Right. What would happen if you only sold one or zero houses? Um, my broker's method was, plan for zero your first year because <laughs> wow. then you're just everything celebrating else, right. when it happens, you know, and then you're, you don't have an expectation. Yeah. And then year two is when you really start setting real goals of income, real right. income, you know, and that's because that first year is dedicated to so much training and learning yes. and figuring it out. So it's like in your first year, celebrate second right. year, let's get down to business and figure this out. Yeah. Um, but just preparing them for asking them like, okay, how much do you, I ask them, how much do you want your income to be? Right. Realistically. And I'll use this one girl as an example. She said, well, you know, I don't make a ton now. Right. I would like to make at least that. Okay. I said, well, let's do it. How much do you make now? And she was like 45,000 a year. So I was like, okay, let's do the math on that. Right. And I said, how many houses do you think you would need to sell? To make 45000 a year. What did she say? She was like, five to ten. And I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe, like, well, maybe, very, you know. Very expensive houses. Right. Right. And so I shared with her average price point of our marketplace yeah. might be 200 to 220 Yeah. Um, we did some math, and it came out to be closer to 20 houses okay. a year. Right. On if you're selling the average house. And that was to net 45 or to gross 45? Gross. Like, yeah. And sh- I know. So it just kind of let her know, well, okay, right. can you do that? You know, I think that finding 20 houses to sell was kind of daunting. It is. Of course, that number, you wouldn't have to do that many if it was a higher price point. Right. But I just went off of the average. I think that's a... Look, very few realtors get started at a high price point for their market. I would mm-hmm. say they're at average or below because mm-hmm. you're probably going to work with a lot of first-time buyers. Yes. So that kind of opened her eyes because it made her realize mm-hmm. it's not going to be easy. I think that people think it's going to be quick and easy. Well, right. And they don't... Look, a lot of people, and I did, get into real estate because they're in a bad place. Mm-hmm. They're not happy with mm-hmm. whatever job they're in, or they're not making money to sustain their lifestyle or whatever it is. So you want to be optimistic that this is the answer. And it can be the answer, but just not in year one. Right. 
you have to be prepared for right to get there. And then we just start listing out all on paper all of the expenses to be prepared for up front. You know, monthly, you have your super key and things like that, insurance, continuing education, post-licensing, yeah. um, depending wh- what company you join, signs, lockboxes, right. business cards, mm-hmm. just general setup, you know? Well, I think that we should break them down. You have that. Okay, so I had startup expenses. So let's just say most people are going to learn how much the class cost. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still the 600 I paid 14 years ago, but it's probably less than 1000 Yeah. And then you're going to pay to take the test. Right. So for under $1,000, you likely can get a real estate license. But once you have it, you have to put your license with a broker, which means that you have to, well, first of all, pay for a license, which I think is in the realm of $60 here. I don't, and it's going to be different everywhere. So you guys make sure you write down this list and you go get the answers. How much does the license cost? How much does E&O insurance cost? You have to have it. Then you're going to have to join your board or at least join your MLS system. I know there are some markets where you do not have to be a member of the board in Mm -hmm. order to have access to that MLS. Right. Uh, So you got to get, join the MLS. I feel like that was another 150. It probably was more than 150 bucks. Yeah. And then you got to join your board, which is probably $400 Mm -hmm. for the year. And they don't, you got to pay it up front. Yes. So you got to pay for the year. You got to do your super key. So you got to be able to get into those boxes. That was like $150 up front. Plus the, I think now I pay 16 bucks a month. So you got to pay all that. And that's just to, to exist as a realtor. Correct. Would you That's like just a the bus- basics. Yeah. Would you like a business card? <laughs> you don't have to have one, but you might want one. Do you want a website? Does your office provide that? Do they not? Do you, you need signs? Are you, do you want to run an ad on Facebook? Do you want to put an ad for an open house in the newspaper? Like you, you got to pay for all that stuff. Then on top of that, you got to pay for the tools. Mm-hmm. You need a super lockbox. Do you need a tape measure? Do you need, I mean, like, do you need a laser measure to do the interior rooms? Like, what do you need? Lots of things. Lots of things. Now, you know what surprised me? My first year that I didn't budget for? What? Taxes. <gasps> right. I didn't even know about them. I was 22 and oh. I didn't even think I made that much money. You know, I mean, I sold 12 houses my first year. Yeah. So I w- I made decent money for year one. That's good. But I, w- I didn't understand that I was 1099 and that yeah. I was going to have to pay taxes. Yeah. You got to be very um, self-disciplined to set that aside. Yeah. I didn't even know that. (laughs) That was one thing I missed. I missed that. Um, And when I was doing my paperwork at my office, so my office has a thing where you tell them what percentage and they withhold it from your checks. And every quarter mm -hmm. they write you a check for that amount. That's good. I do that now. I like that. It's very nice because it just never comes into my account. That's better. I get the check quarterly and I just mail it on its way. And I don't even think about it. I don't miss it. I don't feel the hurt of mailing it off. That's an excellent way to do it. So, But you could do it automatically through your bank, Mm -hmm. you know, set it up to where X amount goes into savings. But year one... I filed my taxes for the first time since being in real estate. And they're like, okay, after write-offs and expenses, mm-hmm. they were like, you owe $4,300. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, who pays that? <laughs> <laughs> and they were literally like, uh, you do. And I said, I don't understand. I don't, no, like, I was. You're like, from my account? Right. <laughs> Like, I just never even thought about it. Oh, my word. And so I cried 
because it was pretty much All what I money. had in savings. You were like, bye, money. <laughs> and luckily, I was entering year two, so I had a couple things on the horizon, but oh, man, was I painful. wasn't prepared. And let me tell you, I was prepared every year after that. I guess so. Um, and now I have to pay a lot more than $4,300 yeah. a year. But at, yes. at that time, it, that was a lot, and it upset me, and it now I'm prepared. a lot. Well, because you just, all at once, it hurts. It does. So I love that your office will keep it out like mm-hmm. that. That's great. Yeah. So you guys remember you need to pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. Pay those taxes. Um, when I first started, I paid for some online leads. Okay. I mean, I think I at one point was paying up to like $500 a month, but okay. I, I got tons of business off of that. Sure. And that was way back in 2006. I don't pay for them now, but if you feel like you need to participate in that sort of situation, um, client gifts, mm-hmm. you're going to buy those people something, cost money. I have, you know, if, and you need to have money set aside for education. I think that it's important to try and like earn some extra designations or just get out there and learn. The classes Mm -hmm. that you have to pay for are far better than the ones that are free typically. Yes. They're just better. Uh, But you can still take lots of free classes. Mm -hmm. But anyway, there's a whole, you know, we've kind of talked about most of them. So you got, and be aware of what your office's split is. When you go interview those brokers, that's a very important question. Mm-hmm. How much of the money are you going to keep and what are you providing me in return? Yes. I mean, I know your office provides signs. Do they do lockbox too? Yeah, they do. They provide mostly yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, business card, like the whole mm-hmm. operation. To start you off. You right. know, like now I have my own. I, I do my good. own. But they kind of start you off in the right direction. Whereas where I am, they keep very little of my commissions. Mm-hmm. However, I got to mm-hmm. I gotta do it all. I got to get the cards. And do the you signs. input your listings? I don't have to. Okay. Do you? I like to because I'm a control freak. Right. But I don't have to. Okay. There is someone in my office that will input it and make changes. Sure. And, you know, we have dot loop that's provided by the office. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do pay office fees every month. Right. So I have a very high split, but I pay an office fee. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't don't know of any office where you go and you're not going to pay to be there because they wouldn't make any money and they wouldn't stay open otherwise. Well, we don't have a fee. We just have our split. Well, you split. Yeah. Right. So there's going to be something. It's coming They got to make some money somewhere. Sure. Okay. So that's sort of your startup cost. Um, What else do you tell them on the coffee date that they should know before? (laughs) When we get to the end. Hey friend, hope you're enjoying this episode all about loopholes. Some of these stories are truly wild. If you don't want to end up with a buyer looking for a loophole somewhere down the road, you need to make sure they're sure about the purchase during their inspections. One way to make sure you do that is to use our free email template to make sure they're sure. This will help keep your buyers happy and avoid buyer's remorse later. To find the free template, just head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash make sure. I just asked them, like, how do you feel about these numbers? What do they say? It varies, but most of the time, you can see the excitement of getting your real estate license yeah. and conquering the world is they're just coming back down to reality. And yeah. that's not a bad thing. No. You need to come back. Yeah. And in order to succeed. Well, you just have to have a plan. Yeah. It's all about the plan. Now, planning is not as fun as dreaming. No. But you got to do it. You can do both. Yeah, you can do both. You can do both. Dream about year three, plan for year one and two. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Knowing that this is going to get you where you want to go. I mean, 12 houses is pretty good in your first year, and I'm going to have to get up and go find my number. But I didn't close anything for six months. But right. I did end up, I think, grossing near 40000 
that first year, Mm -hmm. it doubled my second year. Yeah. Same. So it will it will increase drastically based on your if you're doing it right. Right. If you right if you're working. Mm -hmm. Gotta work. So I was actually at an office yesterday and um they were asking questions. I taught my email class. Oh, fun. And they were so a lot of the agents in the room had been in real estate for maybe eight, nine years. Well, at the end, because we were talking about how, you know, it, it can take three years to get where you want to be. Right. Well, if you've been in the business maybe eight years and you're not where you want to be. Ooh, yeah. This year, get your systems in place, revamp, have right. a talk with yourself, be honest. This might be your year one. One. And the next year would be your year two if you continue using your systems and doing the things you know you're supposed to do. At some point, you have to implement. Yes. And I think the clock doesn't start ticking until you're doing it correctly. Oh, I think that's fair. So it doesn't matter how long you've been in the business. If you're not where you want to be, you can't keep doing the same thing. You have to revamp, figure out what you need. Where are you lacking? Well, you have to change your systems. Or if you have no systems, you need to get systems. Mm -hmm. But we do talk a lot about um, where your financial help is coming from. Right. You know, I think I shared about the girl who her parents were still paying all of her bills, which is fine. But I told her, you need to tell mom and dad, like, hey, starting yeah. January 1, I ha- y'all have to, like, kick me out of the nest because if yeah. you don't have to do it, right, it's hard to do it. Yes. That really transitions nicely into my character traits for agents. There are things that I think you need to have as a human to do this. Yeah. You need to be a Mm self-starter. You know, it's like the typical thing people say on like job interviews. Oh, I'm a Mm self-starter. I'm I'm highly motivated. But seriously, if someone has to tell you to get up and get dressed and be at the office at 8 a.m., no one's going to tell you to do that. If you're going to get sucked into a day full of Netflix... I mean, it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a huge problem. So you have to be a self-starter. You have to be organized. Oh, my gosh. You're super organized. I'm an organized person, too. And I meet and talk to other agents who are floored by just some of my very simple systems. Like, so simple. Oh, I can't believe you do that. That's great. And I'm like, how can you get through this without? Like, you have to be organized to be successful. Um, good with rejection. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we've talked Resilient. about that. You've got, you've got to be able to handle it. That came with time for me because I was not good. Yeah, it's hard in the beginning. I but don't think anybody's good with rejection. No, but I think you have to be prepared for rejection. <laughs> yes. You better be prepared. Um, I think you should be good with confrontation, though. Oh, yes. If you're not able to talk to people about difficult things, if you're a run-from-confrontation type of person, you're going to have to work through that to make this work. Right. Because you're going to have to deliver some bad news. Mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah. Or good news, but mm-hmm. still you got to be able to talk to people. I, I think you need to like people. Yeah. I think that's a key. <laughs> I hate people. I think you should <laughs> like people. There are some people that just are not people, 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 people. Yeah. I think you're going to have to like people mm-hmm. or find a way to like people. Um, level-headed, non-emotional, and able to diffuse situations. Absolutely. I mean, I think you need to be able to like manage your emotions, Mm -hmm. which goes back to client management. Mm -hmm. If you're off the charts with your emotions, the whole thing's going to go crazy. Because the client is emotional. Yes. Buying, selling, it's emotional. Yes. You have to be the voice of reason, the rock in the transaction. Yeah. I think it would be nice to be happy and pleasant and friendly. Of course. But you know, these seem obvious. Yeah. But hey, know who you are and know if this is a fit for you. It might save you some heartache Mm -hmm. before you start. 
I think our gentlemen out there need to be mindful of some of these things. Oh, how so? I have, I feel like lately there's a lot of young guys. Like up and comers? Yeah, getting into the industry. And I think it's great. I have also seen the other side where maybe they're more business minded. They're not as like nurturing. Right. And I have found that they're not so great with helping their sellers get their house ready to list. Oh, I could see that. Maybe they're more just like methodical, signing the papers, walk yeah. in the house, don't tell them to declutter or stage. And and I know like women realtors that struggle with this too, just yeah. from a confidence place. Right. But as women, we are very nurturing. Yeah. And there are some guys that are actually really good at this part. Yes. But I have found the majority are not as in tuned with their clients' emotions. Yes. And maybe not in tuned with being proactive with helping them notice things that they need to do. I think that's true. And I say that I say I wanted to bring this up because there have been three listings I got in 2019 mm-hmm. that were previously listed with male agents. Were they newer agents or just male in general? <laughs> One of them was a new male okay. and two of them weren't okay and it was really just a matter of getting the house ready said the same things um oh all three of them had no guidance with getting the house ready so they just had to wing it yeah i mean the guys aren't going in there saying oh you need white blankets and you need to declutter and bring in some succulents they're just like sign here yeah they're just like oh your house looks great looks clean to me because it's subjective yes it's uh, we're gonna the boy brain (laughs) some and and not all boys i'm not you know generalizing but to have three examples in one year. Right. So I think the, it's men, the men just have to be more conscious that this doesn't come maybe as natural right. for them as it does for us. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. And um, also one of the women, one the wives, mm-hmm. pretty much all had complaints. <gasps> oh. The husbands were kind of like, I it mean, he, did, he couldn't sell our house. Like it was objective. Yeah. The husbands were just like, yeah, our realtor couldn't sell our house. The wives were like, but he didn't even care. Oh. We never really heard from him. And when I asked questions, he didn't he just like take off. the time to, re- you know, they're missing that nurturing yeah. piece. Right. And I think that men just need to be more aware that, yes, this is, you know, a transaction, right. but there are real emotional needs in it. Yes. And we're going to do a full staging episode at some point. Mm-hmm. But I think if you know, female or male, that you're not good at visually noticing, if you think Everything looks fine. It doesn't. Yes. Just find someone who there's usually an agent in your office that's good at it. Or find a home stager that does a good two-hour consult. I showed a listing recently with a client, and it was a guy who had the listing. Uh And the pictures, I knew. I'm surprised my clients wanted to see it. Oh, no. Because it was just so dark and cluttered. Oh, no. With fake plants. Oh, no. <laughs> like, you know, those plastic fake trees yes, uh-huh. and it just, the, they're from the 90s yeah. and they, they maybe have the from fake, the 80s. Yes, the 80, the fake vine above oh, the cabinets. And yes. this was a newer house. Oh, no. And so it was hiding the newness of the house. <gasps> and so sure enough, we got there and my clients were like, yeah, we saw the pictures, but we knew this was a new house and we can remove all of these. They could see the, past it. Yes, these decorative plants and drapes don't stay. Right. Well, I left feet. It ended up not being the house for them, Um, but I did leave shared feedback. Because not every buyer can see past that. No. And I said, um, it would greatly benefit your client if they just removed every piece of artificial greenery in the house. Right. 
And the agent goes, I never even noticed it. He didn't know it was there. He didn't even know it was there. And I'm like, if you look at the pictures, it looks like it's a jungle. You, it's all you see. <laughs> it literally looks like a jungle. He was like, yeah, I just never even noticed it. And I'm like, whoa, you need help. Uh, you may you, need another pair of eyes. You may need a teammate. Yeah, right. Going forward on your listings, you need an assistant. Yeah, that can help you see these things. Because home. if we don't tell our sellers what needs to be done, the buyers will, and they're not coming back. They won't come back. No. Or they won't go the first time. They'll see the picture with all the greenery and the darkness and just roll on. Yeah. And you'll have no idea they even considered that listing. Because no. that'll all happen online before you're involved. Yep. Okay. That's very interesting. So how would we interview a broker? What are some things you would ask a broker? I think the basic question and just bringing a piece of paper and saying, what is the split? Yes. And what do you provide? Yes. And what do what do you not provide? Okay. Those three things alone on paper will help you compare one to the other. One to the other. Are you someone that wants a desk? Right. And you, or do, do you, you need office space? Yeah. Do you need office space? Um, how much does that cost? Mm-hmm. I like community. Yeah. So I like attending, you know, Monday morning meetings and sales meetings and things like that. Yes. Um, I personally just like that. It right, keeps me you like motivated. To be around the people. Yes. I like to hear what's going on in their business and then, you know, learn from what's going yes. on there. Um, is that something you want? Are you more like, you know, anti-community or just don't need the camaraderie so much. Well, I wouldn't say that I'm anti-community. I like the community events or like a class or something with people that's fine or a sales meeting, but I can't make a phone call if other people are near me talking. Oh yeah, that's right. I can't focus. So like I have worked in offices where I was in a cubicle or which is common in real estate. I I will just lose my focus and I will listen to what they're saying or I can't focus on what people are saying to me on the phone or I don't want to be la- like, I I have to be at home. Mm-hmm. But I know myself, I can get up in the morning, do my thing, come at, to my desk at 8 a.m. and you have to tear me away at five, right? Like I, I will l- literally not eat lunch most days mm-hmm. because I am so in the zone. But if that is not your jam and it helps you, and we've talked about it and what to do when you're new, Going to the office is positive and has some good effect in your business. But if you need to work alone and you don't need to pay mm-hmm. that desk fee, then do that. Like, that's okay. I have an office at my office. And yes, with a door. With a door that closes. Okay. But there are two other desks in there. But my broker tries to pair us with people that maybe aren't there. So if you're someone that's there a lot, you don't share a room with, with someone, someone else who's there, that's there a, lot. a lot. Yeah. So I can shut the door, but people knock and, you know, I know Mondays and Wednesdays are hard to work at my office because it's, there's so many people there and they like to talk and, you know, Hey, can I pick your brain on this or that? And right. And I can only do that for, and be productive. Like I have to yeah. keep my boundaries so that I'm, I don't have to go into the night working. Well, yeah. That's what would happen at my office too. Sometimes I'll pack up my laptop and go there and sit in a community space and mm-hmm. work, especially if I'm out in between appointments and that's just a better location. But I want to help. Like my help yeah. in nature will come yeah. in. So I can just overhear someone saying they're having an issue. And I'm like, oh, let me help let you. Let me help you. I would love to help you. That's awesome. Uh, or people would come and be like, hey, do you know how to fix this on the computer? Or do you yeah. know how to do this? Well, if you're not there, no one's going to call you at home. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. Or if you're working in the coffee shop, no one's going to call you there and ask you to help them figure out how to make tabs on their 
Google. Yes. Like, like I like going in on Fridays. There's not a lot of people there. I light my candle. I love it. I have my desk. I have the printers. Uh I have everything I need. You know, I love our secretary so much. We're friends. We catch up. And then at two o'clock, Tim D'Angelo makes coffee. Love it. Every, every day. He is in the office. Shout out, Tim. He, he is like a good office worker. So he just gets it done while he's in the office. Like he's there at like 8 a.m. every day. That, well, look, routine is probably something he you want to He is very establish. routine and he handwrites his letters. Love he it. does what he needs to do. So, so good. Like I just like being around that. Yes. So if I'm in a funk, uh-huh. I might need to leave my house. Yes. And go to the office on a Thursday or Friday right. and, and be around productive people and just get back into the groove. Yes. Like after coming home from vacation, uh-huh. I need to go to the office. To put yourself back in that frame of mind. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I think that's good. Okay, so you would ask the broker what they provide. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Like, what sort of? A, yeah, how, how are? Do they you have a training community? calendar? Yeah, training, training calendar, office events. Mm-hmm. Just looking at that, you should know. Yeah, if if the, if it's going to give you what you need. Yeah, and I think some offices are certainly better than others as far as new agent training. Yeah, you know wh- what is the onboarding process? That's what you need to ask. What is the onboarding process? Mm-hmm. Is someone going to hold my hand, or am I going to have to sort of just go watch a bunch of webinars? Like, what is the actual logistical implementation? Mm-hmm. I think I chose my first company when I was new based on knowing that there were certain trainings. They happened certain days of the week. There was sort of an emphasis on that. And there are notoriously a couple of companies in our market that are focused on new agent training. Yeah. I mean, you're being a great one of place them. to start. Yeah. So I think that's always good. You don't have to stay there forever. Now, mm-hmm. I want to segue into broker hopping mm-hmm. uh, because I think that sometimes we don't find the right fit. And that's okay because I feel the wrong fit to start mm-hmm. with. And I sure. don't think you need to stay there and be miserable. But I also don't think that changing your broker is going to drastically change your business. So there's no need to go from one, you know, there's always those agents that every time you turn around, you're like, shoot, wasn't she with blah, blah, blah before? Like, really? And then you can't even keep up anymore. I know. I can think of two or three that I've been with at least five companies. Uh, Right. So that's a lot of rebranding. And then it just shows inconsistency. Right. You know, are you reliable? Right. If I hire you to list my house, are you still going to be, gonna be there? Company? I are don't know. Gonna, right. The transition is difficult, but I wanted to specifically talk about what you would do to interview a new broker. Let's say you really don't feel like you're, you're in a good fit. Yes. What, as an experienced agent, what is the difference? Because you don't need to know about onboarding and, right. you know, new agent training. You need different questions. I think questions. You, you have an advantage because you've been in it now. You have, you know better what you need. Right. You should hopefully know what you need. You should know. So, yeah. you know, whatever that is. Right. Well, you know? I'll tell you one thing that I find to hold me in my office. And I love it for lots of different reasons. And I love Remax for lots of different reasons. But my broker, who is specific to my little small office, <laughs> is n- never going to let me, like, leave me, hang me out to dry. Oh, yeah. She's always going to have my back. Broker support is huge. She, if there is a problem, if someone has a complaint about me, if there is some sort of issue, she is going to have my back. And it is really important. I think that's something you don't realize you need until there's a problem. No doubt. I love that when there's an issue, I can blame it. And talk to my broker yeah, about it. Yeah, and she will like... She'll have she'll my She'll take back. the heat. She'll take the heat. Yep. That's what she's there for. And she has right. no problem doing it. Her shoulders are big and she can carry the weight. Yeah. And she's just good at that. Yeah. So I think broker personality, 
you don't know you need it till you need it. Yeah. And it's important. And yeah. I think you should have a relationship with your broker. I for sure you do. You know, you need to be able to pick up the phone and call. I have dinner with mine. I've gotten pedicures yeah. with mine. If you're uncomfortable calling them for help, it's not the right fit. No. You've got to find a broker that you are comfortable calling or going into their office for help. And in this lawsuit happy world oh that my we're gosh. in. And with the way technology is going, there's so much room for error and mistakes. Yeah. And I think that it's so important that your broker can handle that. Yeah. I think so too. I don't, I don't think, I don't know how you could really function with a broker in the cloud. No. <laughs> I, That's crazy. I don't know how, you, no. I couldn't do it. It's too people centric and it's too important of a job and it's too easily to be done wrong and mm -hmm. then to get into trouble. Right. You know, if you do something, I don't know if people even realize this sometimes. If you're new, because we do have listeners who haven't even gotten their license yet. Right. If you're new or about to get your license, are you aware that your mistakes reflect on your broker and they have to answer for you? Mm -hmm. If you do something wrong, they are going to get taken to court. Mm -hmm. I mean, So we carry our own E&O e insurance as individual agents. Right. Some brokers like mine also have individual policies on you okay. in case it exceeds your E&O. Okay. So I think that's nice. That is nice. To have. That's a um, great thing to ask. So checking on that, what else do you have? Um, I think the other thing I want to make sure that we mentioned today is, yes, I want you to have a relationship or at least be comfortable enough to ask a question of your broker, but also choose an office based on if there are people in it that you would like to emulate and, mm -hmm. a, and, a, and a few mentors you could potentially go to. Sure. I would probably not pick an office that there was no one that you were comfortable asking, hey, am I filling out this purchase agreement <laughs> right? Yeah. What would you do about this inspection? Like there are going to be questions all along the way. And there are about a hundred memes on so many. Uh, like the big, huge, like phone book looking thing. And it's like <laughs> all of the things that I didn't learn in real right. estate school. Yeah. Like you guys, real estate school is not going to tell you logistically how to sell real estate. Keep yourself, mm -hmm. maybe keep yourself out of jail. Yeah. That's about all they'll teach you. It's not going to teach you the things that you need to do to actually sell real estate. Right. So you got to find someone who wants to fill in the, the, those gaps. And hopefully it's your broker. But if you can get a mentor in the office, I think that's good. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when teams probably serve you well, only if your team has routine implemented training. I don't mm -hmm. want you to just join a team because there's a team leader, because I've also heard people say it, they were failing on their team because they, they thought they were going to get training and the team leader was so busy that they were just basically, I mean, they would get leads, but they didn't know how to work them or mm -hmm. how to get to closing or how to do the purchase agreement. Like they weren't getting any training from their team leader. Yeah. You don't automatically get training just because you went to an office with a lot of training. You got to show up. The people that struggle the most to go to do it themselves are the ones who from day one started off on a team. Yes. I, I meet with a lot of team members. Yeah. Those are the ones that want to meet confidentially because they don't want their team member to yeah. know how much they're struggling. Right. But they're disappointed with what their actual income is. Yeah. But it is something. And now because they are holding on to this little bit as a lifeline, yep. it's hard to think about letting go of it and going right. solo. Yeah. So to make that transition is hard when yeah. you you start off relying on someone else. Like yeah. I started off relying on myself only. Me too. And I had to make it work. And I did. It's but totally I wonder if I had started off on a team... I don't know what that would have been like for me personally. I agree. Would it have been hard to yeah. 
to leave and, I agree. and grow. Um, so it can be a crutch depending on your personality. Yeah. If you have big goals and want to do this yourself, you know, you just need to make sure that you can handle walking away from the team at the right time. Right. You need an equal amount of support and and kind of do it yourselfness. Right. Like you you're gonna need someone to support you and train you, but you also are gonna have to get out there and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do probably one or the other. Well, the team structure as a new agent, you also have to be careful because you need to make sure that what is the team split and the broker split. Now everything is being divided so many ways. I just don't see financially and how I you make the big money. Survive. I don't. No, I don't you know. can't make the big money whilst on a team for the most part, right? I mean, it really would depend on the dynamics of the team. But yeah, giving a split to so many people is gonna. By the end, there's not much left, and there's not much of you left. I know, like you only have so much energy, and there's look. I know that we do a, a total different amount of transactions, but I don't know that I have the capacity for like a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, and on the team, you got to do more to make the same as someone who's off on their own, kind of easy breezy. Right. Right. Like, oh, I did my 25 transactions. I'm rolling in it. Mm-hmm. And here you are on the team doing 40 and you're not even there. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's just all things to take into consideration. Yeah, I I think in some situations, starting off on a team could be fine because you kind of learn the background and you get the behind the scenes and the training maybe, but just be be cautious Mm -hmm. and don't get comfortable if you want to go out on your own and make more money. If the team leader loves to teach and train, that's a great team to start on. If yeah. the team leader promises you big bucks and leads, those that's are the not, ones I meet for coffee. You, that's not going to help you mm-hmm. as a new agent. It's not. Because if you get 600 leads and you don't know what to do with them, doesn't matter. Real life situation. I had coffee with a girl who was so cute. She, there's no reason she should not make it in real estate. <laughs> I like that she was, she was so cute. She should be great. She was cute, but like not just physically. Just She was nice. She and was so nice and sweet. And I, I mean, just ha- the way you, anyone who talks to her would be like, you're a nice person. I want to work I with wanna you. I want to work with you. Yeah. And she said that she joined a team and was promised $90,000. <gasps> in income? In income. Holy smokes. And she said that was in January, Alyssa. It's October. Do you know how much income? I said, how much? She said, guess. I said, 40. She said, lower. <gasps> I said, 30. Lower. <gasps> I said, 20. She said, lower. Oh, no. She said, $13,000. Well, that couldn't have been. What, and three I said, did you approach your team leader? And she said, they said it was my fault. Oh, yeah. Because oh. I didn't bring it in. I've heard this before. And and she said, I feel like I've wasted a whole year of my life. And this is a, this story doesn't have a happy ending no. because she was so done with real estate. She just got out of it and got a corporate job and, wow. you know, enjoys her job and all of that. But the expectations were not set realistically right. up front. Wow. And it makes me sad because most of the people who leave, I say... I could tell this wasn't for them. But you knew that would have worked for her. it would have worked for her. But she just started off wrong and, and was right. promised. So it's a big decision where you go in the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, take it seriously. Take it very seriously. It don't seriously. be scared to do research. And don't be afraid to make a change. I, I you know, I don't want you to broker her up, but you're going to know pretty early on if you're not feeling supported. Right. 
But you also can't blame your production on someone else. And they have that meme out there that's like, I'm switching real estate companies. (laughs) And then it says, you're still not going to sell any houses. Right. Because it's not about you. I mean, it's not about the company. It's about what you can do. Right. Your efforts. You can't blame it on them. No. But they also can't blame it. I can't believe a team leader would just... (laughs) 90,000. Well, first of all, that's a crazy promise. Why would you even do that? But I think that they genuinely believed it. Holy smokes. There are people that are so hyped up on dreaming that that he probably genuinely believed it. He probably met her and just like I did went, she's She's going to be be great. And she's going to do this. And then she didn't for whatever reason and disappointed everybody. Even herself. Even herself. Even him. But it was just a big mess. And then it ended the relationship badly. You know, it... I bad don't like situation. That. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Okay, we don't want that to happen to other people. What do you think about, because I get this question a lot, should I take my class online or in the classroom? Oh, I'm so glad you asked mm-hmm. me because I have very firm feelings about this. Online schooling was really just coming into fashion when I went and got my, you know, school done. I went at night class in mm-hmm. person with humans who asked questions with a human who taught the class. And guess what? answered questions and also gave, wait for it, real life examples. It was shocking. Yeah. Um, I think as lovely as online education is, and for some people very uh, um, necessary, like if you're, sometimes people's circumstances only allow that and I understand, but I don't think that it's the right way to go. I did it online and I don't think it's the right way to go. Okay, great. (laughs) I'm so glad that we both did it differently. I definitely learned more in my real estate class than Mm -hmm. what was in the book. I struggled to study because I I realized I had fast forwarded the majority of the class. And and now it's time to take the test and I'm going, wait. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that even though the real estate course in Louisiana, at least, isn't full of practical knowledge. It is full of important knowledge. It I is. Mean, I still think you need to understand what's in it. Uh, and I, we got all the, all the questions answered, all the extra stories. Cause our, the class I took was how many night. people were in your class? Um, it was probably 50. Okay. Cause it was a, night. a lot. I, Do you remember any of them or any of them like agents now? Um, I can remember a handful because the way it was taught, you could start at any point in time. So not everyone started on January 1st, lesson one. You could start on March 1st and and we're at lesson 13 and maybe you loop around back to one. Oh, that's nice. So it was sort of a, people were always starting and stopping. Mm -hmm. Like maybe they were at the end and you were at the beginning Mm -hmm. and that was fine because wherever you were in the book, everyone would get all of it done. Right. And it was three days a week. um, Like, three nights. I think the class was two, maybe three hours. And it was seven weeks. I know y'all are going to think this is kind of terrible, but whenever, so after, when I did my post-licensing, I did that in person. I did my licensing online, 45 hour post-licensing in person. And there was like a group of us that Uh I just became friends with because they were always there doing it with me. And three of them are not in real estate anymore. They didn't make it. Right. But they sent me their referrals. I love it. So it's kind of okay, like, you know, what? you know, you might, if you go to real estate school. Yes. And you develop relationships. Yes. And, you know, write letters to these people and wish them luck in their career and friend yes. them on Facebook. And they know that you're going to be a go-getter. And seven out of I ten don't make that. it. Oh, my. True. 
Love it. I hate to like, you know, use others' failures, but if, you know, they have to refer business Look, to someone. Not everyone's going to make it. No. But if you can make it. Everyone can make it. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I find positive and encouraging. Yeah. Not everyone can. is going to make it, but you can. If you want to. Do these things. You can make it. Yeah. Please go do your, your education in person. Most uh, of it. Yeah. At least 50% of it you need to do in person. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how much. And, you know, I love a webinar. I love a conference call lesson. Like I like to learn in all sorts of ways. But when you go in person and hear a human tell the stories of whatever lesson they're teaching, it is impactful. Kind of on the same note, but different. Um, There's an agent in my office that only does their CE outside of our city. Oh, to meet other agents. To meet other agents. That's genius. So like... um, you know, we live in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. We could drive an hour to New Orleans. Go spend the day in right. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Grab, you know, go to the class. Ask yeah. if anybody's going to lunch after. Right. Go to lunch with people. Meet yep. new people. Pass out your business card. Yep. There you go. Referrals. Referrals. Yeah. And I it's think fun. that's a great idea. When you do CRS classes, because those are pretty intense and you have to do a lot of them in person, they, they have them all over the United States and they tell you to travel to other markets and take the two-day class. Hmm. Well, first of all, your travel is then tax deductible. Right. And you go and meet some people in other areas, and it is a great referral base. So I think that's a good tip. Yeah. Okay. That's really all I have, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good overview of things yeah. to think about if you're thinking about getting into real estate. I think so. Um, You don't get health insurance per se. Oh gosh. So that's something to think about. There's not mm-hmm. benefits. Right. So when looking at income, you need to factor in. Yeah. No vacation pay. No. Yeah. No, no sick pay. Yes. No maternity leave. Nope. I showed a house two weeks after Haven was born. I went to a listing two weeks after. Yeah. I mean, I had to. Yeah. It's okay. It's all, it's got perks and it's got, you know, things that are not great. You yeah, that gotta, you have to plan for. You, you just pl- have to plan. You just have to plan. It's yeah. going to be okay. Like even when I was on maternity leave. Right. Um, I had agents in my office that were helping me right. and some for free because I helped them and some I paid a little bit, yeah. you know, depending on what the situation yeah. was. But I had to rely on my community in the office to get through the first three months. Yeah. So if you're looking to have children in the near future, remember yeah. to ask your broker questions about that. Yeah. <laughs> what is the support like? Right. Who's going to help me mm-hmm. when I need help? What if I'm sick? Yeah. No sick days. No sick days. Okay. You guys can do it. Yeah. We have full faith in you. Just You just have to really think about all aspects of yeah. it. You can't just think about the good. You can't just think about the bad. You have to be financially prepared, yeah. mentally prepared. Your family needs to be on board. I want to I want to end this with a very positive thing. Yeah. I got into real estate because I wanted to make money based on how hard I worked. Mm-hmm. And it came true completely. But I had no idea how fulfilling it would be. So it really is an amazing career. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds sometimes like we're really <laughs> down on it, but we're just trying to give you all the information. Yeah. It's super fulfilling. I love it so much. It's so fun. Mm. It's wonderful. It's just not easy. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. There you have it, friends. You can do this. You can do it. Go do it. Okay, bye. Oh, wait. We <gasps> have to do a toast. A toast, a toast. Okay. Hold on. That's the fine. The most fulfilling, happy part. Okay. Good news. We have a toast. Okay. So I'm going to read Cindy McMahon's email. She Where sa- is Cindy from? So this is a great question. 
Cindy is from New York. New Troy, York? New York. I don't know Troy, but oh, wow. Troy, New York. That's awesome. That's right. Cindy says um, she wants us to toast her teammate and friend, Penny Crosby, um, because Penny introduced her to the podcast, <gasps> and they both have been enjoying listening very much. I would say that we often have very similar conversations. Oh, Penny, even has, in New York, even in New York, Penny has just completed her second full year in real estate and has sold almost six million. Go, Penny! Wow, our average price range is about two twenty. So okay. similar to us, she has accomplished this phenomenal feat while being a wonderful wife and mom to three amazing and very active girls. Aww. She has positioned herself as a trusted resource to her sphere and is making deals happen on the soccer field and at school events. <laughs> That's so cool. It's so good. Penny is developing a robust business and is already receiving many referrals. I mean, girl, that's She's, good on yeah. year two. That's awesome. Although I'm supposed to be her mentor, she has taught me so much and is a true blessing in my life. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. I know. I don't know why I'm emotional today. Cindy, that's amazing. We're so thankful for you sending us the toast and we're so happy you and Penny are listening. We're going to cheers to Penny. Cheers to Penny. Cheers, Penny. See, it's me. I don't have anything. (laughs) Okay, goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.